Hey, want to welcome everybody back to 2A Talking Tactical. Um, it is Saturday, January 21st. Um, still a lot going on in the 2A world. Got some breaking news that some of y'all may or may not be aware of. Um, first and foremost, I want to let y'all know um, that Judge Joshua Morrison um, in Illinois has uh, issued a temporary restraining order. Um, there was about 800 and some people that filed a lawsuit against Illinois' assault weapons ban. Uh, one thing about that um, is, is that uh, Judge Morrison noted in the TRO that uh, it only applies to those plaintiffs. Um, everybody else or anybody that wasn't on the, the lawsuit um, this does not apply to them, uh, so that's bad news for them. Uh, however, um, it is looking like, uh, I mean, it is going to be heard. I think it's set for February the 1st, um, so we'll see what happens with that. Um, one of the things that uh, Governor Pritzker did on this, so apparently um, the House bill that was in question um, apparently it was a house bill that was written for some kind of insurance regulation or something having to do with insurance well come to find out uh, during the middle of this and they seen that this house bill was going to pass they totally 100% gutted the wording um, in the house bill and uh, basically like a copy and paste of the gun bill so, so basically, they just took the shell of the House bill um, and put their uh, assault weapons ban wording in there, and uh, just basically switched the uh, the subject of the House bill um, because the insurance bill was going to pass. So you tried to slide one in under the radar, and they got caught. So uh, we'll see what happens with that. Uh, so, uh, another thing I wanted to touch on, um, so there's a website out, uh, it is, um, uh, it's a website that keeps up with, uh, gun st statistics, um, as it relates to crime in the U.S. Um, so one of the interesting things that come out, um, there's a lot that uh, caught my attention on this one, so I'm going to try not to get too far off subject tonight. Uh, but anyway, what they did was they went in and um, the firearms that were found um, at crime scenes, uh, I forget the number now, but Glock was 21%. Uh, so 21% of the uh, guns recovered. And I'm looking through some notes here. So it was 21% were Glocks, 13.5% were Smith & Wessons, 13% uh, was Taurus, and 7% was Ruger's. Now, they didn't give a number. However, one of the another interesting thing was, was that uh, uh, ghost guns was uh, the number recovered has gone up about 30 to 33 uh, percent ghost guns recovered at crime scenes so um so yeah they're they're working on that um also there was a rundown of um the cities uh 
as it relates to the manufacture of the of the guns that were found uh for example buffalo new york uh the largest number of gun or gun manufactured uh that was found was smith and wesson baltimore maryland was polymer 80 uh allentown i think that's pennsylvania was smith and wesson chattanooga tennessee glock chicago glock uh cleveland glock uh dayton ohio glock uh kansas city little rock uh all of those were glock uh miami-dade county in florida glock uh montgomery county i'm not sure if that's north carolina or if it's another but that was glock um and then so they've got new york listed again as taurus um so anyway um i will put a link uh to that website in the description you can go read it and check it out um uh, so i wanted to let everybody know um uh, so I think that's, I don't know for fact, but I think that's where they're uh, coming at with trying to sue gun manufacturers. One of the things that I read in the article was, um, was that uh, gun manufacturers don't keep up with um, if their guns are uh, used in crimes. Uh, so one of the things I felt uh, it was ironic, and I own a couple of Glocks, was Glock being 21% uh, of the number of firearms that were found at crime scenes, um, it's like they're not, you know, and I'm not saying they should by no means, but they're not going after Glock uh, when they're talking about suing gun manufacturers. They're talking about going after Smith & Wesson, Daniel Defense. Uh, you know, they were talking about going after Bushmaster. Um, you know, the... the the big AR-15 manufacturers, you know, they're talking about going after them and suing them. But you don't see them or don't hear about them talking about going after Taurus or Glock um, and whatnot. So I thought that was kind of ironic. Uh, so anyway, um, you can kind of see the writing on the wall there, what they're trying to do. Um, another thing that um, I've been trying to catch up um, on some stuff uh you know to bring y'all content and whatnot um if you've been in the 2a world for any amount of time you're probably familiar with colin noir um he is a uh a second amendment uh, uh pro activist he's also an attorney i think he's down in uh georgia um so i know this was an old video and i'll put a link to it in the description also but i'll run across this so there was, uh, he had a, um, a, a debate with a, a gentleman, uh, his name is John Rosenthal, uh, of Stop Handgun Violence. Uh, this was about a year ago. And one of the, his, one of, uh, Mr. Rosenthal's arguments was, was that, uh, well, number one, he doesn't, uh, believe that we should own, um, the black rifle. Uh, you know, for different reasons. So one of the uh, examples that he gave, um, and if you know anything about law enforcement, um, you, you kind of have to sit back and laugh about this, but one of his arguments that he brought up several times was um, is that a anybody that owns uh, a black rifle, I'm not going to call it an assault, assault weapon because that's not what it is, but anybody that owns a, a black rifle 
they shouldn't have them because why should somebody like that um, have a gun or a firearm that uh, outguns law enforcement? And his argument was was that uh, a law enforcement officer carries a gun that has anywhere between 13 and 17 rounds in it. And he was talking about a, you know, an officer's sidearm. But then he uh, compares that to, in his argument, uh, against somebody that has uh, has a weapon, you know, that will hold 30 rounds or more. Well, he's talking about a black rifle. Uh, nowhere in this discussion, uh, and I love Coleon, uh, he, he's super. I, I don't have any issues with him whatsoever. But one of the things I wish would have been brought up was that... Um, John Rosenthal was comparing um, a law enforcement's uh, duty weapon to a civilian's AR-15. Um, that's apples and oranges. Um, he's, you know, and then he goes on later on in the video, and he basically, he, well, he does say, uh, he says that law enforcement officers don't carry AR-15s. Uh, yeah, they do. Um, I don't know where he's been, and this video was a year ago. Uh, or the podcast is in a video format now, but it was also a podcast. But yeah, yeah, they do. Uh, every patrol officer that I know of, um, at least in my area, carries a rifle. Um, and most of the time, nine and a half times out of ten, it's an AR-15. It may be a Smith Wesson M&P. It may be, uh, you know, if it's a if it's an agency that. You know, has a lot of money to work with. They'll ha they'll carry dangerous defense. Uh, I seen a, a video the other day where an officer was in a shootout with uh, an individual that took a pop shot at him, and his his rifle was a uh, was a dangerous defense. Um, so they've got Bushmaster, uh, they've got Smith and Wessons, they've got Rugers, uh, and there's an agency close by here, made MPD. They've got Rugers. Um, so I don't know where this guy's, you know, what bush he's been living under. Uh, but I didn't think that was fair because, you know, again, you know, he's comparing uh, a law enforcement officer's side duty weapon um, to a civilian who may own AR-15. Um, so anyway, um, I thought that was, you know, kind of a moot issue. But, you know, during the debate, um, it was never, uh, that was never brought up. Uh, and I know there was a lot to cover in the debate, and uh, so, you know, I'm not blaming Coleon or, or any of the, there was two hosts that are pro-Second Amendment, they didn't bring that up either, but that was one of the things that I noticed, I guess, from working in law enforcement, but anyway, um, so, uh, again, um, there was, uh, this, you know, this temporary restraining order, uh, you know, that was filed yesterday, January the 20th, uh, so we'll wait and see what happens with that. Um, and like I said, I'll uh, list the links, uh, you know, in the bottom. Um, and so you can look at those. It, this this report uh, is City Crime Gun Data by Manufacturers, what it's called. Um, so anyway, go look at that. Uh, you know, they're talking about Glock and how... Um, the uh, gun manufacturers don't have a database to keep up with it. Um, and, uh, you know, he, he was kind of, uh, the article reads, you know, they're kind of bashing um, the gun manufacturers. Well, you know, when they, when they do a, a trace on a firearm, um, you know, they do start with the gun manufacturer. 
and see, you know, see, you know, where the gun went from, you know, from their facility. But even when they call the FFL, um, where the gun was purchased at, they do not tell even the FFL that the gun was used in a crime. All they want to know uh, was the gun sold. One, yeah. Uh, you know, do you have all the, you know, did you have all the correct paperwork? Uh, was it an approval if it was a NICS check? You know, was it a valid CCW if they used that? Uh, was it a valid purchase permit if they used that? They're just double checking to make sure that the gun was sold legally under the FFL, which pretty much 10 out of 10 times it is because uh, any FFL holder doesn't want to lose their federal firearms license. So anyway, so for, you know, for whoever that wrote this article, you know, to be bashing the, uh, the gun manufacturer for not keeping up with when their gun is used in a crime uh, or suicide, uh, you know, I don't think that's right because clearly, again, you know, they don't understand how the process works. So, um, so anyway, that was pretty much uh, that, and I'm still working on some other stuff. Uh, you might have noticed on my first uh, or my last video, I should say, um, after I did the video, I did do, uh, I did go back and find uh, a video editing uh, software, so I was able to add some stuff. Uh, so I'm still kind of working on that. Uh, I hope you like the intro and the outro. Um, it's kind of generic, but. Uh, it is what it is uh, until I can, you know, dig a little bit more into it. But uh, anyway, if you would, uh, uh, please subscribe uh, and hit the bell button. Uh, that way you're notified, you know, when I do put out, you know, some content. Uh, and if you, you know, help me out and share the stuff. And so I want to give a shout out to uh, USCCA, Delta Defense. Uh, that's who I have. I have the Platinum Program. Uh, knock on wood, I've not had to use it yet, um, but I do have it, uh, so I want to give a shout out to them. Um, also want to give uh, another shout out to Ryan at Apex uh, Defense Group, and um, you know, like I said you know, in the last video, he's, he's got a lot of good classes that he puts on, um, so anyway, go check him out. Uh, he's on Facebook, Apex Defense Group. And he's also on YouTube, uh, Apex Defense Group, and he also has a podcast called The Pale Horse. So go check him out and uh, show him some love. So anyway, um, that's all I have. And uh, again, I want to thank y'all and uh, have a good evening.